I have shat. Now I must leave. We went down the rivers. We crossed the plains. Over the mountains, we fought in streams. Shakespeare and the Four Humors. Ah, I'm Billy Shakespeare. Uh, yellow, yellow bile, black bile, phlegm, and blood. So they... Oh, wow. There's like a whole diagram. So mm. hot, dry, cold, and wet, and they all kind of fall into this weird Venn diagram thing. Um, but blood is air, water bile is fire, black bile is earth, and phlegm is water. Makes and sense. black bile and phlegm are cold, phlegm and blood are wet, Mm-mm. blood and yellow bile are hot, and yellow bile and black bile are dry. Perfect sense. Yep. Yep. And kids, that's how you cure COVID-19. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad that was recording. All right. Welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. How the West was fucked. In last week's episode, we were talking about Granville Stewart. He and hasn't it, strangled anybody yet. In, in his exploits that I wasn't even aware of because Will started at the dawn of time. But we ran into some old buddies from along the way, such as... Massacres and Henry Plummer. Henry Plummer and oh, Clubfoot, Clubfoot, McGee, uh, and yep. all that stuff. And yeah. Well, fucking even uh, Jim Beckworth and oh yeah, Jim Beckworth. <laughs> fucking uh, uh, this is kind of a who's who. That that episode yeah. was kind of a uh, who's the Boone Helm was there. It's, it's going to get more. So, um, but now last week we left off as he's starting on his burgeoning uh, cattle baron stuff. Which is the part of Granville Stewart I'm more familiar with than all this fucking gold panning, horseshoe making, grocery store soap, soap selling, <laughs> right. you know, shit. But okay. So kick it off with your Comic Sans and lovely, lovely NPR voice. Uh, that was late summer 1879. So with the buffalo gone and the uh, Indians on reservations. Uh, and the Panic of 1873 was done. Now the white man can get to taming this fucking yeah. crazy mm-hmm. land of America. And the railroad would be coming soon to Montana at some point. And beef, <laughs> at some point, TBD. <laughs> beef became the meat of choice shortly after the Civil or before the Civil War. Because before that, it was all pigs and stuff. Shit that's easy to raise in your yard, mm-hmm. basically. Yep. Stuff you can start a war over. And you don't have to kill all the buffalo and have a bunch of shitty cows running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Hauser raised money from investors, which was Andrew Davis of Butte and his brother Irwin Davis of New York City. New York City. Get a rope. They contributed 50000 each. Uh, Hauser and Stewart split the remaining 50000 So 50000 cows or $50,000? $50,000. Okay. Dollar, so, dollar a cow back then, though. Yeah, so I was going to say. Yeah. I guess it's the same. Yep. So uh, that's 150 total. 
Granville borrowed 20000 from the bank where he worked. So of the Borrowed 20000 Cows or dollars? Cow dollars. Camel cash. He won them in the cow lottery. <laughs> Cowboys of Mubesa. I had forgotten that those fucking things ride horses. Like the Cowboys of Mubesa. Mm-hmm. It's a cow, cow man riding a horse. It's so fucking weird. If the real cowboys standing up for law and order and living by the code of the West. Ranch would become the DHS Ranch, oh, along with its brand and long like uh, acronym for the high school we went to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Granville was to be the superintendent of the ranch, get a salary of one hundred twenty-five dollars a month to live on. Ooh, and he would take care of the ranch. All the soap and beef jerky you can possibly buy. Mm-hmm. You could possibly eat because they didn't use soap back then. Well, yeah. What do you think they were? Well. It makes a good soup base. It's like a bouillon cube mm-hmm. that you can also rub on your body. Well, it clears you out. It cleans out your blood. You can tell because yeah. you're shitting yourself constantly. Well, because your blood is dry and made of air, so... Yeah, according to that shit I read. <laughs> Wait, no, blood is hot and wet. Black, black. No, you're not wrong. And, I mean, but it is air. Blood is air, and it's hot and wet. And black bile is dry and cold. Hot, wet, American air blood. <laughs> So it was up to Granville to find the cows and the land to stick them on. Uh, Reese Anderson agreed to go with Where him Where will help. I ever find land in Montana? Newly cleaned out Montana. Uh, they considered going to Oregon to find beeves, but they uh, managed to find 8,386 of them in the Beaverhead Valley. That's at, a very specific number. At fourteen to sixteen dollars a head, holy twenty five dollars for bulls. Well, you only need like so many bulls. Mm hmm. So they can fuck more than once. Oh, they can fuck all that. <laughs> I've seen the videos. Mm hmm. Uh, New Year's Eve that year, a newborn baby named George died. So he's just. Still, well, they actually still, named him. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Granville was worried about the Lakota stealing the cattle. So he aimed on putting his range near the Mussel Shell River. Because there's no Lakota up there? I guess so. I mean, that that shit is fucking dry. I mean, put it this way. If I was Lakota at that time, I don't think that would be my first choice of the area to hang out in, really. No, not really. Uh, He asked for a fort to be built nearby. I want to start a business. Build me a fort. (laughs) And they did, but they built it too close. Too close? Because it had soldiers in it, and he was annoyed by that? Yeah. (laughs) July 1880, Captain Dangerfield Parker. Oh, for fuck's sakes. First name Dangerfield? Yep. Have we talked about this guy? Sounds familiar. Dangerfield Parker? I know, but it's an epic name. Fucking A. What's his middle name? No respect. That's another one. No respect. No respect. I said I want to stop aging. He gave me a gun. No respect. No respect. I told him I got water on the knee. He gave me a sponge and raised his fee. What's the matter, established Fort McGinnis, named for a territorial delegate to United States Congress. That was right on the range that Granville claimed. Uh, ultimately, Granville was not happy with his neighbors at the fort because they caused too much trouble. Because they were neighbors, and I mm-hmm. want to own everything because mm-hmm. I must own everything. 
Montana is mine. Well, looking for a range Granville went to, guess where? Mile City. Yep. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Mile City. And also Nelson Miles. <laughs> he witnessed uh, thousands of buffaloes killed for their hides. Not for robes like they were in the past, but for leather belts for machinery. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then he shed one single tear. Mm-hmm. He didn't know, so he probably rubbed one out. <laughs> well, yeah, to use it as one tear as lube. There you go. Yep. Nah, so, it's so beautiful. He wouldn't have used his tear. It would have got him from like one of his ill-gotten native brides or oh, yeah, ha- yeah. Ha- half-claimed children. Or he used the diarrhea he's shitting from eating all that soap as lube. Yeah. So there's no hotels in Miles City, so he stayed at the jail. Still. <laughs> the jail, which was just a log cabin. With a, yep. with a chain in it, yeah. <laughs> they had about 350 people there, five stores, 20 saloons, and about 25 whores. And some of those saloons are very likely still the same ones that are down to that main drag. Probably the same horrors, too. Anyway, Granville decides on the Judith Basin as their their home range there instead of Mile City because of that. Uh, There are a few Matisse there, which were what? French-Canadian slash Indian Mm -hmm. heritage. Uh, They were there doing some farming. Pronounced Métis in a lot of... Times. Matey? Like marshmallow, spelled, it's marshmallow spelled, mateys? It's spelled like metis, mm-hmm. but sometimes the S is silent depending on who's doing it. But. Oh, okay. Our mm. matey. Uh, Granville tried to buy them out, but they put in their claims anyway. Uh, some that overlap with the Matisse. We can't have that, can we, Granville, you piece of shit? But none of the land was surveyed, so the only way to hold on to it was to occupy it. So, oh, it's like a filibuster. Yep. He just went, built a house, and claimed it all his. Until somebody comes and shoots you out of your house and burns it down. Mm-hmm. But the fort went up two miles away, and obviously they're going to support the white guy with a lot of money. Shocking. Shocking. Uh, Granville petitioned Captain Dangerfield to rid his range of Indians. Hey. <laughs> In fact, just last night, a hooker made me say please. He was worried they would steal and take all their booty across the international border because he was worried about Canadian Indians for some reason at the time. Sure. Uh, though not many horses disappeared, he said that Cree Indians admitted to killing and eating 80 beeves. Oh, wait. Cree? In that area? I guess so. Okay. Uh, people said- get displaced in that time i guess and then we were attacked by a samurai on the outskirts of like mal city and then uh and then a brontosaur <laughs> was killed out by glendive <laughs> uh the government actually did act though and asked for names of the people who lost cattle but the cattlemen still discussed raising a private army to wipe out the indians from their ranges of course well that and the added benefit of any little dirt farmer they don't like they could maybe squeeze to mm-hmm. you know uh, of course, Granville supports the idea. He already permitted his help to shoot at Indians if they seemed threatening. Oh, God damn Which it. did hey, happen hey once. Hey, man, how's it going? You're threatening me! <laughs> yeah, right. He's trying to use the, the hand sign train language. Yeah, he's, like, like, he's throwing gang signs. Get him. Hello, friend. Yeah. Like, bam, bam. Uh, Granville saw himself as a victim, not the invasive newcomer. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is ringing a lot of fucking in, in, bells in, in right insanely now. Insanely wealthy people thinking they're the victim. I've mm. never heard of that. But he uh, did the math, and it would cost over $7,400 a month for a private army. So they kind of nixed that idea. 
So he started building a steam-powered robot <laughs> covered in Gatling guns. Oh, it's the spider from uh, Wild Wild West. Yep. Uh, Granville claimed he lost 1,200 cattle to, quote, British Indians. Or British Indians. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a new one. Yep. Well, I'm just imagining, like, people from India that live in England now. Well, there's a little bit of history with Britain doing <laughs> things in England or in India also. Kind of like how the favorite uh, food in curry? England is curry. Yep. Not like they grow a lot of that shit in <laughs> yeah. fucking Yorkshire, you yep. know? Uh, Granville was also not getting along with the fort because the army declared a military reservation eight by nine miles. So bitch, I need that for my cows. Which would have been on his home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, took up a lot of good hay land there. No, well, you called in the fucking army. You don't get to call them off. Oh, wait, probably you do. Uh, with uh, a little bit of humor, Granville threatened to capture the fort and turn its own guns against it. Which humor? Black humor. Black. Black. Mm-hmm. Black pile, got it. But his letters to the government actually worked because General Terry returned to land. Soldiers also stole and killed cattle, though, to supplement their diet. Oh, then you gotta you gotta wipe out all the soldiers. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, that's what that's what you do if it's a native. That's what you do if it's a military. That's what you do if it's not rich. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Oh, a poor guy killed my cattle. Well, I'm gonna have to kill all the poor people. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> we're getting there. <laughs> uh, there's also another way to lose cows, which was wolves. And he preferred poisoning the wolves with strychnine. I like to watch them die slowly. <laughs> oh, sometimes they just mill around in a circle, whining for hours and hours. And I could shoot them, but it's so purry. Uh, Granville went deeper in debt when he bought out Hauser. Uh, the Davises were threatening to sell too. That might mean Granville might lose his job as the superintendent there. But the Davis brothers eventually sold out to Conrad Coors. Coors or Coors? Coors, the K-O-H-R-S. Okay, so not the same. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a country singer. Conrad Coors? You yeah. bet. Oh, yeah. Howdy, I'm Conrad Coors. <laughs> Want to hear a song about my ex-wife? <laughs> Here's a song about that wolf that I <laughs> poisoned. <laughs> Who was also my wife. Uh, they did keep the DHS brand. The Custer Wolf. But the name of the company changed to Pioneer Cattle Company. It issued 10,000 shares at $100 a share. Ooh. Which meant that Granville had $333,333 in shares. If he had anybody to sell it to. Well, it doesn't matter when you just start lynching people. Uh, Cattlemen organized roundups and made rules for them. No touching below the belt. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And he created Stock Growers Association and pushed for special legislation. Uh, sometimes they carried out secretive, violent activities, though. Such as boxing? I was going to say flag football. And yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Karate tournaments? Awesome. <laughs> I would pay. I would pay so much. But well, see, have, in have, secret. Have you looked up a picture of Granville Stewart yet? No. Let's do that. Karate crane kicking a cow? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Just him and the gi, like, <laughs> fighting a bear. <laughs> you might have to fucking Photoshop something for me. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, he kind of looks like, um, what's the fucking dude 
old money. WWE Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. WWE Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck. What was that shit? Yeah. Sumner Pinkham. Yeah. So Granville leads the most notorious of these groups. They shot men and hanged others without trial. They were called stock stranglers or steward stranglers. Oh, yeah. we made it. Of course, in his memoirs, he kind of excludes some of the parts on how he participated, though. Yeah, I kind of was near the strangling, or actually a lot adjacent. Of it, well, a lot of it was like shooting. I'm sure we're going to get fucking deep into the shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stuart Stranglers waged war against horse thieves mostly. Mm-hmm. The number killed were at least eighteen, but it might approach twenty-four or seven. I know there was one um, East Coast paper got a hold of like the idea of it, and they were claiming that they'd killed over like two hundred, which was horseshit because they stole their information from a different article from a different paper, and then just oh, we need to embellish this. It's fucking Alex Jones, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? absolutely. <laughs> But uh, unlike the vigilantes in Bannock 20 years earlier, there was no public court uh, or public execution. The stranglers would just were like a death squad, just ride around, and if you look guilty, there you I, go. I was going to say, when it's like they mostly killed uh, horse thieves, it's like they could just point at you and be like, that guy looks like a horse thief, get him. So do you think that may have happened a time or two? Fuck yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. So in his memoirs, Granville tried to justify the strangling. I need them horses. Granville talked about the upsurge in cattle rustling, even though the numbers really don't back them up. But the victims of the vigilantes would mostly be horse thieves. Uh, white middle-class men wanted to control the range, so they targeted mostly lower-class, working-class, and sometimes mixed-race people. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. I mean, it's fuck, to, to even... The- Today, like if say to the surprise of no one, yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, like people in the same classes as this motherfucker today, if they could get away with it, would fucking cruise around and just fucking kill poor people if they had, you know. Can't convince me that Donald Trump Jr. doesn't hunt homeless for sport. (laughs) I cannot confirm nor deny that. (laughs) Uh, Stuart Stranglers didn't have more than fifteen men, though. But they did have the financial support of the ranchers and Montana Stock Growers Association. Well, it should be pointed out that some people wanted to join them because they thought what they were doing was super cool. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want them to uh, join because it would have gotten them too much publicity. Uh, kind of like Teddy Roosevelt and the Marquis Marquee. de Moray. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first lynchings weren't done by Stewart's guys. This was along the Muscle Shell June 20th, 1884. A group of 15 cow punchers chased. What? They didn't really punch cows. Well, oh, yeah. They probably did. You know, we haven't used that term. That's a legit term for a cowboy. What? Really? Yeah, cow puncher. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I can't believe that one hasn't come I'm up. Gonna, I'm retiring the term it, it, cowboy, and I'm going to refer to them as is, cow punchers from here on out. It has been over 100 episodes, and I think that's the first wow. time we've said I've cow puncher. I've never fucking heard that we've, before. We've heard donkey puncher before. Right? Yeah. <laughs> So these 15 cowpunchers chased two suspicious characters. After a brief fight, two men were killed. The two suspicious characters, I'm guessing. Yeah. A few days later, near the junction of the Judith and Missouri Rivers, uh, they met a similar fate. Narcisse Levador and Joe Vardner had seven horses belonging to J.A. Wells. Uh, the two mixed-race men met William Thompson on the trail, who recognized the horses as not theirs. Thompson gave chase, shot Vardner dead, 
And then an armed posse arrived during the night, and they hanged the Levador. Lavador. L-A-V-A-D-U-R-E. I'm going to go with the idea that he's probably one of the Métis people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Anybody I, with a French last name. Oh, yeah. I do like that he's like, hey, I recognize that those aren't your horses. Well, they I did. don't know whose horses they are, but they're not yours. Well, they did used to brand horses more often. Oh, yeah, that's uh, true. So, you okay. know. All right. In early July, Granville had his own men in action. Uh, Sam McKenzie was part Scots, part Indian wolfer. He died at the hands of the DHS Cowboys. Granville believed McKenzie stole horses from H.P. Brooks of Andersonville, Montana, in mid-May. He promised Brooks he'd keep a lookout for McKenzie. So this is the Strangler's first victim. Uh, Granville believed that only three horses disappeared from the DHS ranch. One story was McKenzie played the fiddle and danced, and then they hanged him. What? <laughs> McKenzie played the fiddle and danced, and then they hung McKenzie? Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe you're, he's trying to ingratiate himself or something. I don't know. <laughs> or um, it's more like, hey, dipshit, play me a song, dipshit. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the dance, shoot at the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only longer and kind of more psychologically terrifying. <laughs> what the fuck? Charles Fallon or Charles Owen, who might have gone by Rattlesnake Jake. See, that's the guy I was talking about on the way here where I'm not going to go through the process. I found like um, a scientific thing of them trying to figure out if it was his body after what he's about to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's a long scientific like dissertation with like reconstructing the skull and shit but it's one of those things like George Parrott where like the skull had been handed around like a bunch of people over the years but anyway he'll get to that but, but the, <laughs> the scientific thing happened present day or present day uh, like you know I think it was like late 90s looks okay. like alright so Granville sees him one day riding into him at, at their camp but later Granville was tipped off they might be coming to Montana from the Wyoming Stock Growers Association right but Granville didn't get that message till the next day. Because his but, fax machine was still on the train. Yep. But he decided to keep an eye on him anyway. Granville didn't see the events in Lewistown, but it didn't stop him from writing about it. Well, the other thing is, you missed a whole part where Granville actually confronted those two guys and describes them. Like, because uh, they're like, he rides up and is like, howdy, y'all. And like, the one's cleaning his rifle. The other one's kind of... Leaning by his, but, like, was that not in your little book? Uh, I don't know. I might have glossed over uh, that. Fact. It's like Granville just got, like, the one guy looked kind of intelligent, but also shady as fuck. And the other guy looked, like, shady as fuck with a extra helping of shady as fuck. So I didn't fuck with him. And I, you know, backed away slowly and, you know. But that when you're talking about keeping an eye on him, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Probably. But the two rustlers arrive in Lewistown about 1 p.m. and went to the bar and had a few. Then on to the racetrack and had a few. Yeah. Well, uh, they also lost the horse race, so mm-hmm. they had a few. A young mixed-race man named Bob Jackson became the object of their tempers. Jackson was dressed like Uncle Sam for the 4th of July parade. I was going to say, the guy that was dressed like Uncle Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and he was still in costume at the racetrack. Uh... Rattlesnake Jake took offense to this and hit Jackson in the mouth with his revolver. Uh, Jackson on the ground, 
Owen placed a gun to his head and told him to crawl like a snake, his other buddy. Uh. But Jackson escapes. Then uh, Rattlesnake Jake and Fallon continue to drink. They threaten to clean up the town, uh, announce the, that they kill that son of a bitch half-breed named John Doan, another mixed-race man. Rattlesnake Jake began shooting, but Doan shot back. Well, I love the detail that apparently, for everything I read, Joan shot back with a borrowed gun. Did he borrow the gun before the shooting commenced? Or like, <laughs> hey, hey, man, can I see that real quick? There seems to be shots being fired in my direction. You know? Either way, he hits Rattlesnake in the forefinger. Uh, Jake switches revolver to his other Which hand. those are important when you want to pull a trigger. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fallon took a bullet in the abdomen. Uh, Rattlesnake Jake kept on shooting. Uh, Fallon fired on a young man, Ben Smith, who ran away from the shooting. He got shot in the brain and died instantly. God yep. damn it. Well, and according to my sources, they might have possibly also killed like a woman and a kid, like in Crossfire. Uh, Rattlesnake Jake fell first with nine bullets in him. Fallon only had five bullets in him. So at least they did him the favor of not having... Granville didn't have to lynch these two guys. Well, and years later, somebody claimed that that's where I'm getting into when they talked about the forensics. I think it was supposed to be Rattlesnake's skull. or No, it was Fallon's. It was supposed to be Fallon's skull. But, like, uh, somebody had said the last shot had come from a fucking 50 caliber sharps rifle to the noggin. So it was like Tom Horn fucking it would, it, quarter dude, mile it, away? It, it would remove your fucking head. Yeah. It's not putting a hole in your skull. But the thing is, the skull they found meets some of the criteria, but does not have a you know exit wound the size of a cantaloupe in it. Right. So they think it's Fallon's. But it was also, they were buried, then disinterred. And actually, when they disinterred them and drug them to the new burial site, they actually just kind of drugged the bodies behind horses, and they'd already been buried for... Well, they're criminals. They didn't fucking want to fuck with them. Right, so they're right. just like, fuck you. Took them out to this Mentis guy's land, and he's like, oh, no, no, no. You don't fucking bury corpses near my property. That's bad luck. So they just kind of drug them out to somewhere. And then, like, pretty much there was about six inches of dirt over the bodies, so they kept on getting dug up. Oh, stuff. by the coyotes and But there was like, the, well, the kid that was like, I think it was a kid that was the brother or cousin or something of the guy that got shot in the head, like the innocent bystander guy or the, would come and they'd keep burying the bodies to keep, I don't know why, but did. <laughs> but they still eventually, like somebody came and stole the skulls and one of them like ended up in a museum in Lewistown for a while and then the other one went with like a county employee and, and well, that's where this thing with the where the skull they're trying to identify right, came right. from. Yeah. Oh, I just love the nonchalantness of just like, passed around skulls and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Use them for ashtrays. Yeah. Yes, that was my point. Yeah, got a yeah George parody. Well, I mean, we have an acquaintance that showed up at the bar with a fucking human skull. Yeah, I remember that. That was pretty fucking weird. Yeah, I think I think they still have it. Yeah, they found it in the like mom's basement yeah. or whatever, cleaning and it out. I'm pretty sure to me it looks female because it's got grass all features. And uh, it's old enough, and it was in an unmarked grave, so I'm going to assume it's a Native American woman from early Seattle. But yeah, why, why don't keep that in your house? Could be Kennewick, man. Yeah, that's a whole different bucket of worms. But uh, I think in Lewistown, too, they reenact this, don't they? I think I think so. I read that somewhere. Wait, they reenact it? Yeah, yeah why like, not? So, just, it's the only thing that happened in Lewistown, so... Okay. <laughs> 
they bring out like a like one of the people from the prison that's been sentenced to death and they fucking shoot him at the <laughs> Well, no, they simulate it. Now it's like uh, the children of the city have paintball guns and they shoot the mayor in the dick <laughs> and dress them up like Uncle Sam. Actually, yeah, Lewistown, like we tried to stay there last time, but there was road construction going on and it was a Friday night. And it's like, oh, there's no hotels left because there's like a thousand oh, road yeah. construction guys have taken over the city for the weekend. So then that I got to drive an extra hundred or so of miles to fucking Great Falls. Jeez. Yeah. Thing about Montana, if you got to go to the next town, it's 100 miles. Yeah, so. Every, everything's 100 miles. How the West was fucked will be right back. Come gather around you, it's time to learn a lesson. And it's big book of facts from 1911. Cleanliness. To keep the body in a cleanly condition is the third important requisite for health. This becomes necessary in consequence of a very important process which is constantly going on near and upon the surface of the body. The process in question is that of perspiration. The matter here concerned is a watery secretion produced by the glands near the surface of the body and sent up through the skin by channels imperceptibly minute and wonderfully numerous. From one to two pounds of this secretion is believed to exude through these channels, or pores, in the course of 24 hours, being, in fact, the chief form taken by what is called the waste of the system, the remainder passed off by the bowels, kidneys, and lungs. To promote the egress of this fluid is of great consequence to health, for when it is suppressed, disease is apt to fall upon some of the other organs concerned in the discharge of waste. One of the most noticeable checks with perspiration experience is that produced by which a current of cold air upon the skin, in which case the pores instantly contract and close, and the individual is seized with some ailment either in one or the other of the organs of waste, whichever is in him the weakest, or internal lining of some points of the body, all of which is sympathetic with the condition of the skin. The result of the nature is that the last described is usually recognized as a cold or a catter. We are not at present called on particularly to notice such effects of checked perspiration, but others of a less immediately hurtful or dangerous nature. The fluid alluded to is composed, besides water, of certain salts and animal matters, which, being solid, do not pass away in vapor, as does the watery part of the compound, but the rest of the surface where they have been discharged. Therefore, if not removed by some artificial means, they form a layer of hard stuff and unavoidably impede the egress of the current perspiration. By cleanliness is merely meant taking proper means to prevent this or any other matter accumulating on the surface to the production of certain harmful consequences. What the fuck? Welcome back to the ASMR Cowboy. Well, I'd swallow them whole, but that would fucking hurt. Are they flaming hot Cheetos? No, they're just regular Cheetos, but they're pretty sharp. You can't exactly pelican gulp that shit, you know. Uh, Granville rides out with a posse July 7th. So now a man from the Yellowstone rode into the GHS ranch with a story that 50 of his horsies were stolen, and he trailed them to the junction of the Muscle Shell in Missouri. Or seven of his horsies. Uh, with field glasses, he'd seen his horsies in a corral, and men were rebranding them. Ooh, so he returns to that story with that story. Uh, Bill Burnett, a cowboy at the DHS ranch, led another posse and led it to the rustler's cabin the next morning, July 8th. Oh, yeah, this is the one. A lookout was alerted, but he was captured before he got back to the cabin. Four other men were in the cabin and were still asleep. 
the horses they found did have burned out brands. There was a 12-year-old boy along, so they didn't want him to see the carnage. So they went in and shot the four men as they slept and hanged the lookout named California Jack. And then just left the kid there? No, the kid was with them. Yeah, like, oh, like if somebody's like, take I your see. take your kid to work day, right. kind of. Oh, Joe Miller, <laughs> you're in for a treat, kiddo. You get to drink from the fire hose. <laughs> oh, blood. Oh, Joe Miller, you just found the marble in the oatmeal. You're a lucky, lucky, lucky little boy, because you know why? You get to drink from the fire hose. Uh, California Jack had a $10,000 reward on him. Uh, one of the guys wanted him alive, but Burnett refused because he had the bloodlust, I guess. California Jack was the only known criminal of the five. Uh, that evening, the posse went down to the trading post of William Downs, who sold whiskey to the Indians and whose place became a hangout for rough characters. They lived at a wood yard that supplied wood for the steamships. Uh, Granville claimed Downs stole horses and killed cattle. Posse found a notorious band named California Ed at Downs Place. All these California motherfuckers, yeah, California well, Jack, California once, Ed. Once the gold rush fell through, people had to move. So sure. I was like, damn it. <laughs> I got the tattoo and everything. <laughs> Ed was at Downs Place along with 26 stolen horses. They also had cow hides and dried meat with different brands on them. Mm-hmm. The posse hanged them both. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was, uh, they... they I think that's the one where they had first warned him because the one guy was married. And he was like, hey, if you just, you know, stop your rustling and wrangling, you know, we wouldn't, we'd hate to have to hang you in front of your wife. But they didn't, so they hung her in front of the wife. And of course, the wife had some complaints about that. Why? <laughs> July 11th, Granville led a second party of vigilantes, kind of eager to join in the hunt for horse thieves. Burnett left the day after, this time without Reese Anderson, who insisted on killing Downs too much. They couldn't trust too anymore. Much. Burnett had Floppin' Bill Cantrell with yeah. him. Yeah! Floppin' Bill. <laughs> the biggest dick west of the Pecos. He also had a questionable reputation. He might have actually stolen horses himself. Very likely, from all my research indicates yeah mm-hmm. Cantrell's father rode with Quantrell during the Civil War oh super Fuck, duper fucking shocking American horse pirate so Floppin got his nickname when chopping down trees when he fell a tree he'd spit on his hands and say quote that's how you flop them <laughs> that's such a fucking letdown I was just saying that yeah <laughs> that's far worse than anything I could imagine I mean it's not it's anticlimactic very yeah god damn it Okay. I'm going back to the biggest dick west of the Pecos. I always picture more like his lip or maybe his ears. Oh, yeah. I can see like Dumbo or, ears. Or like something like that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe just like his forehead skin. Like while you're riding, it's like maybe he has an excess of it and his face kind of does like a pug or something. Or, Walter or, or like more like a, uh, what are they, uh, like a Sharpay. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Or like he's got a uh, giant man tits and the yeah. they sit around the campfire and they make him flop him out Fucking all the time. Any, any, Literally anything else. Anything but the actual origin story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Floppin said he was going straight and that he would guide the, them to hundred stolen horses it's on the Missouri. It's hard to go straight when you're so floppy. Uh, they got uh, to a wood yard named uh, owned by a guy named James. So, James. Just James. Like Madonna. Old man James. Would it be James Wood? 
Oh, yes. Name? James Woods. Previous job experience? Ooh, uh, true believer, uh, Salvador, Onion Field, uh, the hard way. Wait, wait a minute. Those aren't convenience stores. That sounds like the resume of a Hollywood movie star. <laughs> yeah, well. <gasps> James, James Woods. Woods. Posse divided and surrounded a tent and a cabin. Eleven rustlers in total. Among them was Jack Stringer. That was Granville's old nemesis. And Granville's nephew, Dixie Burr. See, mine always was like, it's the opposite. They could just call it Stringer Jack. Oh. So, like... Which is it? Unspecified last name, but Stringer nickname, I think. And mm. also, what the fuck does that mean? Uh, Granville's nephew, Dixie Burr, was there. He asked for a job at the DHS ranch earlier, but Granville said he had all the help that he needed. Uh, it might have been a case that Granville didn't want him working there because Dixie ran with a bad crowd. Ooh. So old man James comes out of the cabin. Uh, the vigilantes told him to open the corral, and he did. Then he backed into the cabin and started firing from one of the gun ports in the cabin, and then others followed. It should be pointed out that in a lot of cases, and it's pointed out by Granville Stewart, like, yeah, like most of these, like, cabins mm -hmm. were more like little fortresses because they were being used by shitbags to do shitbaggery. Sure, yeah. So, so it's, it's like not a... like they had, like, full-on windows. They'd have, like, little gun slits, and they'd kind of be armored up and, you know, ready to fuck around. So cool. When you're picturing a cabin, don't picture like cabin the, one, the one on the syrup tall, fucking bottle. A tall pillbox, or yeah, pillbox. Yeah. Two vigilantes set fire to the cabin and the haystack. Mm -hmm. That'll show them. Uh, the men kept up the fight until everyone inside was dead or burned. Dead or burned, or both. When you let the cabin burn to the <laughs> ground, they're going to be both. Yeah, mm, I guess so. In the tent, only Jack Stringer was killed. Uh, Dixie Burr had a bullet shatter his arm, and he hid in a dry well until the nightfall the next day. Vigilantes spent the day looking for the fugitives, but to no avail. Uh, Rufus Fairchild Zogbaum. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Zogbaum? Zogbaum. Fucking rad. That That's sounds like, like some shit an alien calls itself to try to fit in. <laughs> right. Welcome, I am Rufus Zogbaum. <laughs> Would you like some human food? <laughs> well, you can look up that one uh, painting of the guy shooting the horse. That's yeah. Zogbomb. Okay. What? Painting? Oh, the one you sent me. Yeah, mm -hmm. where the, well, and where the guy's oh. doing the thing where I can't stand to look at when I shoot my horse into the head, so he's actually probably going to just wing it in the fucking neck. The horse is like, oh, I'm dying. Put right. me out of my misery. And the guy's like, I can't bear to. Zogbomb, you should probably look at the horse. Oh, yeah, there it is. Uh-huh. He's, like, totally going to miss. That horse looks fucking freaked out. Yeah, he's going to shoot it in the ear. Yeah, which will cause much uh, hijinks. Consternation. Okay. <laughs> you want to get kicked in the face by a horse? Because that's how you get kicked in the <laughs> face by a horse. <laughs> so he was an artist and writer for Harper's. He was going downstream at the time in a steamer. And he stopped and witnessed the carnage. Granville had to go back, though. He had a stock growers meeting Where, in Helena. The, where's the painting of that? <laughs> but he alerted the army of the outlaws who were still uncaptured. Uh, the soldiers were sent out, and Zogbaum witnessed the soldiers bring back five men. Two of them wounded, and Zogbaum drew the men. So you can see that picture. And one of the men was Dixie Burr. Oh! Uh, back at Fort McGinnis, Sam Fischel learned of the five prisoners. 
he deputized Reese Anderson and some of the stranglers to go with him and bring the men back to Fort Benton for trial. Uh, along the way, by the muscle shell, 15 masked vigilantes rode into Fischl's camp. They took away Fischl and Reese and told them not to look back under penalty of death. Other posse members stayed in camp, though, uh, where they left with the vigilantes and the fugitives. Uh, so basically just the, the sheriff has run out along oh. with Reese Anderson. Then the vigilantes take the fugitives. So they're basically like, nothing to see here. Keep mm. moving. Okay, gotcha. Don't look back. Gotcha. Uh, they were taken to where two cabins stood close to each other, and a log was placed between them. And all the men were hanged from the log. Oh, no, I thought they were going to have a limbo competition. <laughs> <laughs> then the cabins were set on fire, and they cremated the bodies, including Granville's nephew. It's very but Granville was back in Helena, so... Okay, that's what I was saying, because you said... Like, Granville's nephew was part of that fucking... But Granville didn't want him around because he knew he was a shitbag. Okay, so he's like, fucking kill him. Well, Granville wasn't there. But uh, as it turns out, he was probably a shitbag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, October 1884, rumors that the stragglers were headed to Medora were published in the paper. Teddy Roosevelt also wrote of the stragglers, said that they killed 60... This appeared in Ranch Life in the Hunting Trail. Mm-hmm. Another rumor was that DeMore and TR went to Glendive to offer their help to the Stranglers, but were turned down because of their famous names and inexperience. Oh, they they offered to help the Stranglers? Yeah. Supposedly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, the Marquis DeMore was a, like, member into, like, dueling and anti-Semitism, yeah, yeah. and Ted, Teddy Roosevelt never met a thing he didn't want to kill, so. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, territorial legislator willingly supported the cattle industry. It was called the Cowboy Legislature, which is full of cows, I'm sure. It established a board of six livestock commissioners. Granville was put in charge of the board and stayed as president until 1894. Early on, the board hired stock detectives, which are basically legalized vigilantes. Yeah. Are these the guys that hired uh, it's Tom Horn? Or is it, it's, it's similar, it's, but different. It's similar, but okay. yeah, it's right. it's a similar group of guys, just different area. Gotcha. And then stock detectives are a thing that actually still exists. Like uh, you know, they compare your records and your brands and stuff like that, and see Got if it. you're doing some fuckery or yeah. Huh. Uh, Floppin' Bill Cantrell was one of the first men hired. Uh, they also authorized a territorial veterinarian who could prevent the spread of disease by quarantine and extermination. Hello, I am the angel of death of cows. <laughs> oh, do you have a runny nose, Mr. Cow? <laughs> so Granville had his brother, Tom Tom Stewart, appointed territorial veterinarian surgeon, even though he had no formal training. That's a hellacious title. Uh, basically, his brother was no account, uh, and but he actually wouldn't leave the post once a real doctor was hired. No, I'm the doctor. I have dibs. Uh, Tom even hurled accusations against the Dr. Kiefer, who was the, the real vet surgeon. Finally, he was replaced, though. I don't know what kind of accusations you, you would hurl at a vet. I'm going to think and probably, yeah, there's lots of things I can think of. I'm not even going to speculate because, yeah. Yeah, you fucking poltroon. <laughs> Granville was warned that some men talked of killing him for some reason. So he carried a short-nosed pistol and a special vest to keep it in. 
he told his neighbor that he didn't want to ride with vigilantes anymore unless they could keep it more quiet. Yeah, we got to do our murder in secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, Granville also became ill during that fall following the lynchings. He had a deaf ear from somebody shooting next to him, but the illness was never explained, so maybe he just got sick of killing people. VD. Uh, May 1886, Granville wrote to Frank Canton of the, sh- the sheriff in Johnson County, Wyoming, concerning Roach Chapman, who worked for Granville at the DHS so ranch. killer names in this one. <laughs> Roach Chapman? Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Hi, I'm Roach Chapman, star of many films like... How I Killed Your Mother in (laughs) (laughs) Montana and you. Uh, Roach stole horses in Wyoming, but he did go to work for Granville. (laughs) Granville said he was sorry he turned out wrong and uh, that he was doing all he could to whip horse thieves up in Montana. Uh, Later, Canton turned out to be a leader of the invaders of Johnson County, working for the big cattlemen. We'll talk about Johnson County War sometime. Mm -hmm. Sometime soon. Uh, by 1892, Granville had left ranching when the Johnson County War broke out, though. Also, I just realized you should always be chewing on a cookie while you're talking to a microphone on something people are going to listen to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Stranglers didn't stop horse thieving by a roving band of Canadian Indians, though. June 1885, Granville chased them for 70-some miles to the Missouri with no success. Not all of Granville's enemies could be shot or hanged. He couldn't kill his debts, though. And he couldn't change the weather. (laughs) Granville also saw the possibility of overgrazing as early as 1880. Uh, He saw the future in reduced herds and enclosed land and stored hay and improved breeding. Holy fuck. But Granville only had a minority ownership in the Pioneer Cattle Company. Uh, 1883, Granville had printed in local papers that no newcomers were welcome in the roundups. So that's a way to scare off people. Did you, I think it's, this is previous, but it's a little anecdote about that motherfucker where he was talking about, um, you know, they had a local like dirt farmer that it, yeah, it started out with like 18 head of cattle, but somehow every spring that that guy's cattle, they always had twins, sometimes triplets. Oh, wow. And meanwhile, his cattle were just not having any babies at all. And sometimes would hang out by the other guy's cattle and kind of moo harshly as if they're trying to get get their something. kids back. Oh. And so Stuart went up there and said, suggested that uh, you know maybe your cows should stop having twins unless you want to get hanged. So there's that fun little awesome. story. Right on. Uh, Granville also petitioned Congress to call for Indians to give up their guns and take up farming. See, God damn it, and give them individual parcels of land, which would what open up more land for Whitey. Yep. Right. Which finally happened in the Allotment Act of 1887, or the Dawes Act, it was called, which would give Indians 160 acres apiece, which of Montana land is... Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. You can raise like one cow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those years, the DHS ranch made enough to pay some dividends, but the figure dropped each year. Tracking the growing supply of beef... So, basically, they're flooding the market. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of shocking how nobody figures that shit out. So, Granville's tried to dump some of his stock, but no sale happened. Literally. So and he wants some more free time instead of watching the range dry up and temperatures rise in the summer of 1886. take up painting or? Or writing. Uh, grasses has thinned out. Temps on the muscle shell reached 118 degrees. Good God. Yeah. 
well, January 28th, 1887, a blizzard hit, and that was 15 below with 60-mile-an-hour winds. Well, that's the one that, is that the big one that wiped out, like, Roosevelt herd, too? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, start of February, it was 40 below. It had iced over and then snowed, so cows wouldn't have to, they couldn't scrape through to eat the grass. As they say, it's 40 below. And I don't, don't give, give a, a fuck. fuck. There's a heater in my truck, and I'm off to the rodeo. What? You never heard that song? Nope. It's a terrible song. <laughs> well, it's 40 below, and I don't give a fuck. Got a heater in my truck, and I'm off to the rodeo. And it's an amount of left in hell, and I'm right. Come on, you fucking let me get your right step right. Get off stage, goddamn goof, you know. You piss me off, you fucking jerk. Get on my nerves. Johnny with his pecker in his hand, he's a one ball man and he's off to the rodeo. And it's Alamana left and Alamana right, come on, you fucking let me get your right step. By April, it started to melt and the carnage was then seen. Uh, Skinner said he had about a thousand hides from Pioneer cattle. So basically, the cattle would just pile up in the draws and yeah. you just have a stack of bones. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the scenery out there. That's not, not even, well, the numbers are not the same, but. There's bones everywhere out there anyway. And of course, we that's how uh, C.M. Russell got his start, painting the Waiting for Chinook. Mm-hmm. Which is one of my favorite paintings, mm-hmm. even though it's just a starving cow with a bunch of wolves standing around it. So it's reported that 75% of the cows were killed, but no one would know until spring roundup. Uh, Granville then figured that he had 60% of his herd die off then. Uh, sometime in the spring, Granville loses his job as superintendent of the Pioneer Cattle Company, but he did stay at the ranch and did bookkeeping as his salary dropped by more than half. His replacement later accidentally shot and killed himself when a revolver dropped out of a drawer and went off. And that guy was the stepson of uh, Sam Hauser, his former partner, that he is going to sue later on. <laughs> Granville began to look into more mining opportunities in the town of Maiden nearby. He held stock in Hauser's mine and did payroll for the mine. He had nine children at this point, and a private letter recorded his birth control measures. He advocated taking a syringe full of ether sulfate. Oh, either sulfate or zinc, not ether, either, or uh, of... Alum or pearl ash up well, the hoo ha. What the fuck? So, well, yeah, they'll do it just shooting poison into lady bits. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he should just, you know, get his poor wife. It just inject it into his pee hole. That'll take care of everything. Oh, no, but you no. have to understand that he's the man. So. Yeah. God damn it. Granville's oldest son, Tom, passed some bad checks in town that he stole from his dad. Uh, Granville had a a notice printed in the maiden paper not to accept checks from his son. (laughs) Don't you just tell your kid not to fucking... Well, that's pretty (laughs) embarrassing. Yeah, no shit. Okay, folks, if my kid comes around with my checkbook, don't take it. Uh, Ah, Bonnie, his wife... Uh, took ill in 1887, but wonder why? Yeah, wonder fucking why. (laughs) Could be the nitrates up your fucking cervical cancer, douchebag. Well, that was the problem. Yeah, (laughs) true. Uh, But she rallied to have their eleventh child, 
But at age 41, 1888, she died. Uh, after that, Granville avoided family life and spent more time in politics and work. His mother also died that year in Deer Lodge. His oldest daughter, Katie, died of consumption the next year. Jesus, some Teddy Roosevelt shit, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Granville is 55 at this point. This is when Bell Brown, a former teacher for his kids, wrote to Granville to ask for a letter of recommendation for a job. Then Granville proposed. So you don't have to get a job. You could just marry me. Hi, can I get you to write a letter of recommendation? A woman. A live woman. (laughs) You should get married to me. To me. (laughs) So it was kind of against his family's wishes for some reason. January 8th, 1890, the two were married. Granville's 16-year-old daughter moved out with another sister, just because. Late April 1890, the mine had shut down. Granville moved to Butte with his new wife, but not the kids. Uh, the school-aged children went to school at the Catholic Mission on the Flathead Reservation because they were half Indian. Right. Um, oh, and, and they were probably, shit. you know. So Granville kind of removes himself from the Indian world, and he kind of wanted to before to kind of get some cred in the white world no. so now that's kind of complete what a fuck bag he's like oh, i'm just gonna abandon, abandon my, my kids because they're all fucking half native oh. they're, mm-hmm. they're inconveniently not white oh and i need the money people so that's kind of the change in the times because 1850 it was all all okay but 1890 not so much wow fell out of fashion mm-hmm. like pet rocks and holy shit dude that's so he should have started the Stuart stranglers he should have started by strangling himself. <laughs> <laughs> Only when masturbating. Though. Only when masturbating. Uh, after no luck finding work, March 1891, Granville got a job as a state land agent. A new job, which had him outdoors most of the time. Uh, Granville also agreed to write some articles for a book of C.M. Russell paintings. Yeah. Uh, Russell wrote oh, for fuck, the... fuck, I wonder if that's one I own. Maybe. Uh, Russell did write for the DHS for a year, though. So, a uh, Republican, John Rickards, won the gov- uh, governor in 1892, so Granville would be out of a job again. He wrote to Grover Cleveland to ask for a federal job of surveyor general, but Granville's replacement hired him as assistant state lad agent. How nice of him. Mm-hmm. But he keeps writing to the federal government, to the Secretary of State. Uh, he wants to be made minister of, quote, one of the South American republics. Oh, no. He said he preferred Bolivia. Uh, long ago, James and Granville had a plan to go to French Guyana to go for gold, but that didn't pan out. But don't change. William Andrews Clark, who he mentioned in the other episode, last episode, the Butte Copper Baron. Right. Yeah. He wrote on Granville's behalf, too. So in February 1894, he was appointed U.S. Minister to Uruguay and Paraguay. So Granville also knew Spanish along with French and Shoshone. Both the Gways. Fuck, good, dude. Good to go. Oh, Bo, the book that uh, C.M. Russell and uh, Stuart Granville uh, are credited together is Studies of Western Life, is what it's called. I don't think that's what I have, hmm. unfortunately. So back in the day, it took 52 days to get to Uruguay via Europe. You had to go to Europe first. Because of trade winds or what? I guess so. Holy shit. So Granville's formal title was, quote, Envoy Extraordinary and Minister Plenipotentiary of the U.S. to Paraguay and Uruguay, which was a step below ambassador. I, I, P-L-E-N-I-P-O. Penelope? Penelope. 
potentiary. Yeah, it's like an antelope, only mostly penis. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what his uh, 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 his title? Because I want to find this. I have it spelt out here. I don't know if I, I probably spelt it wrongly. Potentiary. 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 Jesus Christ. It's not plugged in. You can do that in front of your microphone. Planetarium. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it was just going to dinners and hosting dinners. <laughs> sounds, sounds rough. Uh, Granville wrote Hauser about getting the cattle operation going down there in South America. But Hauser's Helena Bank failed in another depression started in 1893. Granville nearly had all his other debts paid off, though. With Hauser gone, Granville asked uh, fellow diplomat William Buchanan from Argentina to help find investors for rubber and mining and cattle. No good. Rubber is always good for everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the Spanish-America War delayed all these ideas, though. Aha, take that, you fuck. Uh, March 1897, the Civil War erupted in Uruguay. Granville witnessed the execution of the president of Uruguay, walking directly behind him while he was shot. Holy fuck. (laughs) He died within eight minutes. Uh, the, his assassin was later absolved of murder because he had public support. January 4th, 1898, Granville lost his diplomat job when McKinley became uh, president. If I were Granville, I would have lost my diplomat job about eight minutes after the president got Dude, shot. Died, yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You are not the party liaison uh, anymore. I am going back to the United States. Uh, I'm out, out the fuck of here. <laughs> I can see which way the wind is a-blowing. So they take home a new pet, a parrot named Don Pedro. Nice. (laughs) Does it speak Shoshone and French? French? Spanish? Just curse words, I'm guessing. Uh, Granville returns at age 65 to Montana with no way to make a living. Uh, No children he could depend on because he (laughs) disowned them. Because he fucked them all over, yeah. (laughs) He moved to Butte. He stayed in Butte for the next 15 years. Uh, despite the mountains and the wind wasn't blowing the right way, smog would form in Butte from the, all the smelters, sulfur and arsenic in the air. Well, yeah. That must have been nice. Start and a bar over there called Helter Smelter. Eighteen eighty-five, uh, De Moray even commented on it, saying, "Quote: What is this to which you have brought me, asshole?" <laughs> oh, what is this to which you <laughs> have brought uh, me? me. Ah, I must return to France and <laughs> become an anti-Semite politician. Yes, but I will take the pitchfork fondue with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nineteen hundred, Butte was the world leader in copper ore. Oh yeah. Copper ore what? Copper ore. Copper ore. Littering and. Copper ore. Littering and. Copper ore. Smoking the reefer. With a huge number of Irish miners, Granville was of Scottish descent, so that rubbed him in You've been gone too long in the <laughs> uh, Granville's kids keep dying. By 1900, there are only three left. A lot of, uh, what, a grand total of 11? Uh, 14. Oh. 14? Oh, oh yeah, because there's the adopted ones, too, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, Granville leased a rooming building and rented rooms there, but was still in debt. Uh, spring of 1900, he sued his former partner, Sam Hauser, though it was Hauser that supplied him with all the loans throughout his life. 
Uh, basically, it was from two transactions he wasn't paid for in 1879 and 1881. With interest, those payments would be worth almost $30,000. Uh, also, a title of a mine was being disputed by the two. The Seven Devils Mine in Idaho. Uh, Sounds great. He even moves to Boise to fight it in court. But after six years of court battles, Granville had failed on getting his title to the mine. Good God. So this is like his retirement job is suing people? Mm-hmm. Fucking Donald Trump up in here? So Granville wrote to Teddy Roosevelt in the White House for an appointment of some sort, despite being on uh, different political sides. Uh, Granville got put in charge of Butte City Library, the largest in Mon- Montana. Oh, wow. So it's he must have had eight books. Eight books now, yeah. <laughs> Uh, September 24th, 1905, a fire swept through Butte, and it spread to the library. <laughs> the local so how mi- many books? Zero. Zero. <laughs> the local militia had stored ammo, about 3,000 rounds in the library's <laughs> upper floors. library. Oh, no. Um, you, I know you've only been to Butte like twice. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. It's, that sounds very much like the, Absolutely. Butte, the Butte I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just imagine getting shot at by a library. Yep. <laughs> Go get yourself a, a pork chop sandwich. Yep. Because and some pasties, and just watch the library burn as it shoots at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Granville also loses some guns that were lost in another fire in the pavilion of the Columbia Gardens Park, which was paid for by that clerk guy too. Just like a pile of guns. I'm picturing like a gazebo in a park with a pile of guns in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But his two favorites survived. Uh, he totaled a loss at $2,500. Uh, Bell sold patent medicine and douches through a pyramid scheme. That's his wife. So it's like the, what's the fucking uh, Mary Kay or whatever? Applied mm-hmm. directly yeah. in the forehead. Yeah, right. Lemon. Uh, Granville also had to cut off his son, Sam, because he had no money to spare. And he was trying to get some money, I guess. How dare he? Uh, Reese Anderson and Granville became bitter. Towards the end, too, uh, Reese tried to sell a lot in Deer Lodge that Granville still owned, and Reese still owned him money. Uh, Reese dies in 1908, but Granville remembered him as a friend in the papers anyway. But then nice. probably tried to dig up his body and pull out his fillings. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go, go through his clothes and look for loose change. <laughs> yep. uh, this is even stranger. 1911 socialists were swept into office in Butte. Well, wow. that's not that strange because it's minors. Oh, mm-hmm. true that, that's, yeah. That's kind of, yeah. So that included the mayor. Unheard of now. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. So unheard of now, but yeah. So the mayor was a pastor of the Unitarian Church, who Granville called, quote, insane fan- fanatic, uh, who would fill a library full of socialist literature. But at least the city council voted to retain Granville, uh, basically, everybody voted against the socialists that were in the city council. And so that's how he gets back into a librarian. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> 1914, there are bombings of mines in Butte. The mayor was stabbed three times, but shot his attacker who died. The attacker was a socialist. Sounds like Butte. The governor <laughs> declared martial law. National Guard troops occupied the city. Uh, Granville was fire, finally fired by the socialist mayor. Then Granville goes to write his memoirs. He also wrote to Woody Wilson for another diplomatic post in South America, but didn't get any this time. Granville moved to his little farm on Flit Creek in summer 1914. He was 80, but the move didn't help his health. He had the flu and a hernia. 
basically uh, it's, called a flir- got, it's called a flernia. flernia yep he got that from a high speed auto ride because you know you went oh, yeah, to when cars you're, when you're, when you're, 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 over 13 miles an hour oh your fucking uterus is gonna fall out yeah right uh, Granville gets a job at the Panama Pacific International Exposition working in the Montana building that was in San Diego uh, of the fair to celebrate the opening of the Panama Canal right. he stayed there almost a year I wonder what the Montana building had for, like, displays and whatnot. Just as guns, probably. Yeah. Guns and a piece of gold. The half-burned-up book. (laughs) So now he's celebrated as one of the pioneers of the state. Well, they literally call him Mr. Montana Mm -hmm. in some circles. Kind of, he celebrated where he found the first gold in Montana. Um, They put up a little thing there. William Andrews Clark also loaned Granville $1,000 to work on his History of Montana book. Granville said he needed ten thousand dollars in a stenographer. Granville, uh, wow, has uh, some issues with uh, reality. And what's what's the what, subreddit? Uh, Choosy beggars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big time. Uh, fall nineteen sixteen, Granville gets the flu and nearly died. He moved to Missoula to be closer to doctors. What year are we in? Nineteen sixteen. Okay, I heard sixty. I was oh like, no, Whoa, no, fuck. he's not a fucking vampire. Yeah, right. Like, uh, <laughs> Uh, but he loses the ability to write at all. In January, he gets better and goes to Helena to get money from the legislator for his book. He got a salary of $3,000 for two years to write his book. What the fuck? I mean, it just keeps working. I don't know how. Well, I just love, like, the rags to riches to rags again. Like, yeah. I, I'm eating soap, but now I have gold, but now I don't. And then I have a billion cows, and now I don't. But yeah. now I'm a librarian, and then I'm special envoy to Uruguay. <laughs> Party liaison to fucking South America. Uh, early September 1918, Granville tried to attend a Society of Montana Pioneers in Anaconda, but he was sick and couldn't get out of bed, so he returns to Missoula. That Anaconda don't want what? none. And he took to his bed and called a doctor. Huh? Uh, his heart gave out October 2nd, 1918. But he still managed to become a librarian again. <laughs> <laughs> they replaced it with a mechanical steam-powered heart. He died trying to walk to the bathroom, so at least he didn't die on the toilet. Yeah. Not quite an Elvis. Not so. quite an Elvis. Uh, Bell worked to complete his books. Uh, seven years after his death, his memoir was completed, which is called 40 Years on the Frontier. Uh, yeah. Bell, Bell died in 1947. Poor. Jesus. Whoa. Well, wait, yeah, she was 12 when they got married, remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's right. And Ugh. in 1943, the Navy launched a Liberty ship that bore his name. Wow. Huh. Wow. And that's Granville Stewart. Holy fuck. Been waiting to do that one for some time. Wow, there's like way more go. I, I just thought he... I like, thought it was going to be short and mostly concentrating on the strangling. Yeah, I mean, like and, I, all I'd heard from him, about him was like Stewart Strangler. So I thought he was like a fucking road agent that was just like out no. murdering people. Well, he was. Like, he was just a quasi, not legal, but just not frowned upon as bad. Yeah. And he wasn't necessarily... You know, holding you up for your money. He was just gonna take your land and your animals. I mean, I mean, life. and they did legit like um, recover a bunch of actual stolen horses and cows. Sure. It's a little interesting. It'd be like, uh, well, well, anyone with that much with that much like power and no oversight is gonna abuse the fucking well, power. And, and the, that sounds and, like and what the, happened. The group, the vigilante group itself, was they were all ranchers. And they were all moneyed, and yeah. most of them were like younger guys. So they were like inherited wealth kind of shit right. and that's like a Stuart since he kind of did like build his own fortune through actual some hard work and mm-hmm. 
It was a little more like, uh, maybe we shouldn't do this. But of course, the guys were like, fuck that. They totally stole my dad's horses, you know. Yeah. And, or fuck these guys because they live adjacent to my land. So, sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then they, if I remember correctly, they got to a point where like, they were like, no. No new neighbors. You're not allowed yeah, over yeah, here, yeah. man. This is our fucking property. Well, I said, hey, Army, come build me a fort. Well, well not too that close. close. Too close, yeah. man. <laughs> Holy shit. It's just the uh, kind of like the... Uh, not, I get kind of like grifting, I guess, but like his, his retirement job was like writing to the fucking... Pre- whoever's the president to get appointed to a fucking plate. To yeah. a place of well, to like, get paid to do a job. Let me write my memoirs, basically, yeah. but pay me for it, even yeah. though you didn't ask me to do this. Yeah. But, yeah. Fucking crazy, man. That takes some fucking balls. I, I, did you miss most of this? Everything's got to get, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and, and some of the best names since uh, Zebulon Pike, also. Yeah, what the fuck was... Um, oh, the alien guy? Mr. Purple. Mr. Purple. Mr. Purple. Who's the other fucking dude? Floppin' Bill. Floppin' Bill. Ah, oh, Floppin' Rattles, Bill. Rattlesnake Jake. Rattlesnake Jake. Uh, popular Science was started in 1872. It's fucking absolutely insane. And now we know what Tony will be doing for the rest of the day. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Rufus Zogbomb. Yeah. <laughs> Why not Zogbomb? <laughs> fucking excellent, man. Uh... Thanks again. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that was a story. Again, that's that's some shit that like, like again, I've heard many many times, and it's kind of cool to put a story with a name now. I guess. Like you said, I thought it was gonna be a lot more briefer and mostly hanging. So it yeah. was interesting to learn about the eight billion jobs this guy had until he was pretty much a withered skeleton. Yeah, yeah, but also it's kind of what I you know, like you know. Not as ba- cattle barony as I thought, but like you know, super super capitalist style, like oh, yeah. ruthless dude. But at least, like I said, the, in the beginning days, he at least did work with his own two fucking hands and <laughs> yeah. and you just know, a, just a small degree of like killing indigenous people and sure. taking their shit. Well, but, if you're gonna be racist, you know, at least he went all out. Yes, <laughs> anything anything worth doing is worth overdoing. I guess. Well, you like to show all my though. fucking kids. Yeah, you like the Shoshone. <laughs> Up to like, a point. like I said, everybody kind of did, seems like, until they didn't. Shoshone, like, seemed to be in a lot of these tales, like, the tribe that you want to find because they're going to sell you some buffalo meat or sh- give you some horses or show you the way through the mountains. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, I don't want to get hung, so let's go out and I hail a gunfire. Oop, oop, yep. oop, I already fucked that up. Yeah, you did. Hang. On. Sloopy. Yeah. Hey!